Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other co-host, Kevin Spence. And uh, we're happy again this week to uh, be celebrating and uh, promoting the Growing Room Festival. We have a couple more poets from the festival. How about you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Chantel Gibson. Hi, I'm Cicely Blaine. So nice to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. And uh, so I don't know if you did flip a coin or not, uh, if you want to <laughs> as to who wants to go first, but we'll get one of you to start us all off with a poem. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Cicely, and um, I'm working on an upcoming book, which is coming out in fall 2020. So some preliminary pieces. You get to be the first to hear some of these. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so the first is a letter. Um, And then I will read um, two poems after that. So, dear Philando Castile, you're a heartbreaker. Not the Hershey's kisses rose petal down on one knee kind. More the America watched you die kind. More my heart literally broke kind. I came back to this letter so many times. I think there was so much I wanted to say, but each time I saw your name at the top of the page, all I could think of was the way your blood seeped so suddenly and so swiftly from your gunshot wounds. All I could think of was the little girl in the back seat, the screaming mother by your side, the police officer, frozen stiff in white guilt and self-actualized fear. All I could think about was the rapidity of his fires. Bang, bang, bang. No hesitation. All I can think about is that maybe he came here to kill you. In fact, I can say with certainty that he did, that all of the all of this is a jigsaw puzzle where the pieces add up to your demise, and Alton's and Trayvon's and Mike's and mine. All I could think about was this. How many white people can say their death will end up on YouTube? Nestled between Ariana Grande and reruns of Ellen, I watch it, I watch you. Calmly explain your license to carry, Gently reach for your ID card. Fall back, skin broken open, crimson washing your crisp white shirt, and die. I watch you die, over and over again, and I read the comments, and I watch it again. Soon it starts to come on autoplay, or be suggested based on my history. Soon Facebook is showing me Police Academy ads, thanks to some fucked up and terribly confused algorithm. Mm I've edited together the dashcam footage and the girlfriend's live stream, says one spunky YouTuber. The line between traumatized and desensitized rushes up at me, like when you fall off a swing and the grass zooms in on your face. All I could think about was traffic stops, broken tail lights, unpaid insurance, fatal misdemeanors. Red and blue lights in my rear view mirror will always remind me of you. Red and blue lights in my rear view mirror will always make my heart shake. Yours always, 
Cicely. Thank you. Yeah, wow. That's... I don't know if you want to pause there for a sec, yeah, take a sure. breath, or <laughs> nice way to start. Like, I mean, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. It's like the, the gut punches. Yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I am, I feel it in my chest. That is a really powerful, yeah. powerful poem. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, f- the framing of, of it as a letter, mm-hmm. which slows everything down. I think that creates a really interesting space to to stop um, in the midst of so much hatred and anger and mm-hmm. racism and the technology that's happening again and again and again and then in that letter format <sighs> yeah right yeah i think for myself as a black lives matter activist i always wanted to find ways to like connect with people who have experienced police brutality and police violence in such immediate ways and i think yeah you you feel such a sense of loss and such a sense of distance because well they've passed on primarily but also because um yeah in kind of like the the violence of of their experiences and also like how it's such a blip in media it's like that happened and then we move on and mm-hmm. it's like no i i want to spend more time with that and i want to i want to speak to those people like i i wish i knew them in a way and so yeah part of that was kind of my thought process behind that like how can i how can i honor them and how can i remember them in and not in a glorified way and in a real way. Yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to share um, mm-hmm. a couple more. So um, a lot of my poetry is inspired by places that I've traveled to. Um, I really liked um, Tanahisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me. And I think what I loved about that is there's this one part where he says that... Um, you know, traveling to Paris shouldn't be just be the luxury of white men. And I thought that was really powerful because it's like, as black writers, we're so often expected to only write about the trauma and only write about the bad stuff. But like, I also like writing about travel and like places that I've been. So um, these two are inspired by um, going back to my family's homelands in the Gambia. <clears throat> Banjul, the Gambia, one. Auntie Vicky's living room is ancestral chambers. Time and history captured and swallowed whole by Saharan dust. My grandfather looks at me through faded eyes. They told me he left for work one day and never returned. They tell me stories of a man they knew through blood and beating heart. I know him only through glass. He grew mangoes in his garden. He laminated pictures of himself in business suits and military uniform. A typical Leo. (laughs) I'm two floors above desert... Desert track and unpaved road. A sweet baby girl in hijab reaches up to me, inviting me to mosque. But I'm too high up, too far to reach her midnight hands, coated in sweet mango juice. Two. Roads here are made of sand, too soft for my hardened footfall. I grew up in your womb without ever having set foot in your desert soil. In you, I am unearthed. Three. They tell me my grandfather's house was amber and terracotta walls, a million miles from my born place of grey and asphalt. It's funny what they say is dangerous. Sometimes, thinking about this place feels like eternal sunshine, like yellow ochre and safety. Gambian nights are hot and cold sweat, feverish fits, paradigm shifts. I saw a figure of light and dark in my dreams. He offered me a mango. 
I felt the juice between my fingers yellow and pungent, thick and binding. My fingers stuck together and became spades. I dug myself a grave to lie beside you mm. in the ancestral plane. Mm. Whoa. Gorgeous. <laughs> Gorgeous. Thank Gorgeous. you. I love dreams, especially on vacation. <laughs> yes. When we're traveling. Always extra good. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Do you take notes while traveling with an eye to writing a poem? Yeah, on? definitely. I always go with my little notebook and like just take notes of like how I'm feeling and how like a place yeah, how a place makes me feel, what it reminds me of, and like also what are the kind of interconnected pieces mm-hmm. of like history and ancestry especially when I'm traveling like in the global south or in parts of Africa and I'm you know you can see the sort of remnants and the and the historical legacies of colonialism and like those stories and how how those are like woven into the present day infrastructure and it's just so interesting to me to like also think about like yeah I'm like a huge history nerd and like to think about like the what's happened here and like how the, how that's how that legacy and how that's remembered is always really interesting to me um how did your dreams change or did they when you were traveling there um it's actually interesting because when for me anyway and for a lot of people when you take anti-malaria tablets they actually give you really vivid dreams so that was like and I'm I'm really into dreams and I have quite vivid dreams in general so it was a a wild time Um, so I really had like that really inspired a lot of what I wrote there and when I was in South America as well Um, yeah just like it just takes you to another world and you start seeing and experiencing things, which I think is great fuel for poetry. <laughs> is it, is it, does, the, does the drug have a hallucinogenic quality to it? Maybe. I don't know. I just read that online and then I definitely experienced that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but the cool. imagery, like juice, the finger, man. spade, yeah. so condensed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> and the recurringness of like the little girl with the mango yeah. juice and then you with the mango juice. Yeah. 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 That was really neat. So what is the book about that year? Does it um, have a theme yet? or Not really. It's split into three sections. So the first part is the poems influenced by travel and like place and location and land. The second part is inspired by art. So exhibitions that I go to and do a similar thing of like taking notes and like being inspired um, by those pieces. And then the third part is kind of just more general about like body and identity and then woven in it's mainly poetry but then essays and and letters woven in as well nice and where's that coming out on or what's that press coming out um yeah it's through the um vivek shriers imprint through arsenal pulp press nice oh that's great yeah i'm excited (laughs) so let's look quickly before we uh, get to chantel yeah there's a growing room festival you're both reading at it what are are you just reading the same night or are you reading other nights too or what night are you reading yeah, I'm reading at the Black Voices Raised uh, with Chantal and other black folks, and then I'm also reading at Poetry Enjambment at the end of that same week. Poetry and what? Enjambment. Oh, okay. What's yeah. that one about? That's a great question. <laughs> I assume it's about poetry. Yeah. I hope it's about poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjambment is very important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm looking forward nice. to that. Yeah. And, and my you- reading is going to be, uh, so we're on a Sunday night together at 7.30 on March 10th, but I have one at uh, 10.30 in the morning, which is on imagery, use, the use of imagery uh, in poetry. So um, my book contains a lot of uh, graphics, uh, photos, mm-hmm. and um, but also like the graphic use of, of, of handwriting. So um, so that's what I'm talking about is um. how you need, you know, sometimes you need form and you need images to help inspire the text and the mm. words. Do you do you work in uh, like with uh, comic books or graphic novels, that sort of stuff too, or 
Or is that uh, something? No, I don't do comic books. I teach courses yeah. about uh, the use of comic books and graphic novels. I haven't, uh, I haven't yet made one of those, but my book has a... Um, Photographs, historical photographs. Uh, the poem I'm going to read for you is actually based on the stamp, uh, the Viola Desmond stamp mm-hmm. that came out in uh, 2014 for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of position myself. I'm a I'm a poet writer, but really I'm an everyday semiotician. I'm just always reading signs. You know uh, what's there, what's not there. Mm-hmm. You're interested in history, same as me. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking at who's being included in the historical narrative, who's not being included in the historical narrative. So um, many of my poems are based on some kind of of image or photograph or document. Hmm. And is the 1030 reading, or is that a reading or a workshop or both or... Um, it's a reading and a panel. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they'll um, uh, they'll be me and two other two other poets, and talking about different ways that we use images and graphics um, to to write poetry. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And when did your interest in that first arise? Writing in response to an image or having an image oh. on the page next to the text. You know what? Really good question. I think that um, I think it's always been there uh, because I love I'm a reader and so you know I loved comic books as a kid and then I you know I got to work for a school where I got to teach comics Um, but also when I was in school I did art history so you were always writing in response to images but you were usually writing because you were given an assignment and you weren't really you know writing as someone who is uh, engaged in questioning the object in Mm. the same way and so I don't know here I am all these years later and I'm like, what have I learned? You know, what have I learned about... And my book is about the representation of black womanhood in Canadian art, literature, history, and popular culture. So I just asked myself, what is it that I've learned in all of these years about some of these images that keep coming up over and over and over again? So because I know a little bit about comics, I know how text and image work, and because I know a little bit about poetry, I know how a poem might work. And the one that I'm going to actually read for you is also a letter. When you said a letter, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. Okay, so um, this poem is called uh, Cease and Desist from the desk of Viola Desmond. Hmm. February 14th, 2012. Dear Government of Canada, it has come to my attention that your organization has released a postage stamp bearing my likeness for the expressed purpose of recognizing Black History Month. This honor comes on the heels of the official apology and free pardon issued to me posthumously in 2010 by the province of Nova Scotia. While I recognize the concentrated effort to make right the past and restore my good name, I question the methods you've employed to place me in this position of high regard. Please stop calling me the Canadian Rosa Parks. Can't a good woman be black here without being draped in American context? Mm. Was Jim Crow at the New Glasgow Roseland Theater that night? Mm. Look, look, just look at it. Can you see him sitting there front and center in those empty seats, selling me that balcony ticket when I asked for the floor, pointing me upstairs, then calling the cops when I said no? Dragging me by the arms till my skirt wrestled up by my hips, till my shoe broke loose, dangling from my ankle. Can you see anyone offering to help me? 
jailed and arrested before de Havilland pulled the knife and charged $20 for a penny crime. Tell me, what is there to smile about? 61 cents. I see the price of erasure. Pardon me for being blunt, but what in Sam's simulacra were you thinking? I went south for a reason, and not even Jim Crow could stop me from crossing that border. Pardon me for being tired of unraveling the myths from your honorable intentions. Your good people have a history of doing very bad things to brown folks, so stop. Stop it. Don't flatten me with your flattery. It's not that I can't appreciate the recognition. I just don't want to. I can reconcile the smile for the cause, but let's get real. I was not smiling that night. So look it. Let this be a lesson. If our neighbors to the south replace Andrew Jackson and put Harriet Tubman's miserable mug on the 20, you'd better put mine on the 10. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Wow. I love that line of the, you know, the Canadian Rosa Parks, but we don't, why, why that American context? Why do we need that? Always American context. And the thing is, is that Viola, you know, the incident with Viola Desmond was pre-Rosa Parks, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so, and it just seems, you know, I think it's part of the way that we construct a national narrative around blackness, right? Is that, you know, who, you know, who we are as black people is often defined in terms of a past that involved, uh, you know, racial problems on the other side of the border, slavery on the other side of the border, when we had our own issues going on and slavery was going on for, you know, for centuries and, um, you know, and we had our own issues around race and racism and the mistreatment of black people, indigenous people, people of color. But somehow in our iconography, so my issue, I'm going to focus on the stamp. My issue with the stamp is that there's a, you know, a very pretty picture of Viola Desmond, which is taken out of context because she didn't pose for that picture, of Mm -hmm. course, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's an image of empty old theater seats. They're empty, the seats, so you don't see white people in the front or so it's empty. So we have to fill that in. And then you see, um, you know, a marquee of the de Havilland movie that was playing. So we don't actually, even though it's, even though it's, trying to uh, apologize and and to make visible, um, you know, a a really unfortunate uh, time in Canadian history, it actually erases it at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's the problem for me. And then I think about, hmm, how many of these stamps get printed? And and then how many postcards, how many envelopes? And we cycle this stuff through. So Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit obsessed. (laughs) <laughs> about yeah and so when i say you know i'm an everyday semiotician i'm just always looking at signs and going hmm what's another way of reading that or hmm who's been included or who hasn't been what's been left out i think is always a question was an important question to ask because if you don't investigate those things on your own that you'll then and then when you do there's so many times that you find out oh my god this story is mm-hmm. way way beyond just you know doing that sort of you know government hey celebration of black history month sort of thing and and forgetting about all the other stuff that led to that person why is that person iconic and what happened to them and and all that sort of thing right and i think for me what's important is that um you know like some of the poems in my book that my book is called how she read 
right? Or it slips. It can also be how she read. Mm. And so how she read, my book is about, you know, how we become literate, how we learn, um, you know, how, how we learn English, the, the rules that we're taught, how we learn to spell and fill in the blanks. And, you know, and, and there's this, you know, systematized way that we come to em- embody language and have it feel natural. And for me, I realize, you know, that's a, a colonizing language that I should probably question some of the ideas and ideologies packed in there. So a lot of the poems are doing that kind of work, but the how she read part is really looking at how, in particular, black womanhood is represented. And so I have, you know, images of Harriet Tubman, who again gets rolled out for Black History Month. And, you know, and if you... Um, you know, we have the Canada Heritage Minutes, and and so it's we we just have this way of kind of uh, culturally recycling mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. in a way that is often uh, well we would use the term whitewashing now, but kind of like white whitewashing kind of like the 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 pain and the actual suffering of a real human being mm-hmm. that actually lived on the planet, mm-hmm. and so sometimes uh, I feel like my the most important thing for me about the work is that I'm giving voice to some of these women that are allowed to speak back and be a little sassy mm-hmm. and back talk mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, to the dominant culture, right? And uh, so that's, you know, that's basically what mm. uh, what that poem's trying to do. Wow. Yeah. When you said that, that made me think of history and the things that we learn about all sorts of people is that that grit mm-hmm. of their lives. They just become, well, idols and icons and then their humanity is not necessarily a part of the story regardless of, of who they are. And it's like, and it's, then how do you so in that so how do you I mean you're doing that it sounds like mm-hmm. so how would you encourage people to go and do that on them for themselves to try and discover um, these sorts of things uh, as far as the details of of uh, like not believe not not believing the narrative but learning try to find something deeper than the narrative that's being presented oh that's a good question well. I mean, we are in this weird time right now where we keep talking, you know, uh, whatever, fake news, mm-hmm. what is truth, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I've been in a lot of conversations with people where they're like, you know, there's only one truth, and, you know, and it's facts, and, and it's, you know, and, and, you know, you can get really bogged down in that in a way that I feel is not always... Um, I don't know, it's not really conducive to quality conversation, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I want to do. So the thing that I think about is um, we, we need to be interested in points of view that are different than our own, right? So I don't necessarily know that anybody will care enough to go and learn about the representation on a stamp, mm-hmm. right? But what I would hope is that maybe if somebody read this poem or if somebody, you know, hears or reads Cicely's work, that maybe you become interested in learning about, hmm, what's it like to move through the world as a black woman? What has that been like historically? Or, uh, for example, like in my classroom, um, you know, after Trayvon Martin was shot, Mm -hmm. I had to figure out a way that I wanted young people in my class to be able to talk about like contemporary issues of other young people maybe not canadians and and uh so i i would start my class and i would just put a black hoodie an Mm. image of a black hoodie up (laughs) and i would say what is it what's the first thing that comes to mind when you see this hoodie and students would slowly start to piece together and they're like wasn't there that kid 
in Florida. Like they would be doing the work, mm. right? Mm. I didn't have to say anything. Yeah. And it's like, even though they're Canadian kids and they're living in Vancouver, or they're going to school in Surrey, that stuff is still circulating. And then we would have conversations about, you know, I say, how many of us wear hoodies? Every single one of us talked mm-hmm. about and then we would just break down like what is it with you know what is it with the hoodie and then you would have students that would start to share about their own moments of being in the street and not feeling safe right and I feel like that's really um, I feel like that's that's the benefit of this kind of work mm-hmm. is that it opens up spaces for people to have conversations that can be challenging and if poems are accessible enough they can be actually really really good tools for um, for conversation. But I think it has to start with, you have to just be interested in people other than yourself. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> I think yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and Growing Room is an amazing festival for <gasps> showcasing so many different voices. Yeah. For sure. This, this year is, it's bananas this <laughs> yeah. year. I love looking at the website. Because I, um, this is my third year. So the first year I did like a small artwork for them. And um, and the, the I mean, it was a, a great for the first year. And then last year I thought, oh my gosh, like exponentially it was bigger. There were more locations. And this year is like mm-hmm. over 100 authors. Um, I, don't, I think there's, you know, like three downtown locations, mm-hmm. UBC location. But what I'm also loving is there's a ton of workshops, but even the workshops are, you know, there's like hands-on tactile stuff, like yeah. learning how to make something all the way to, you know, um, like Whitney French is, is uh, doing yeah, uh, her so writing while black. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's the diversity of voices um but also the diversity of genre and the diversity of practice uh it's bananas mm-hmm. yeah it's great yeah, i'm so excited yeah do you want to jump in again just when your readings are for anybody just tuning in you want to just tell us again what time uh you're sunday march 5th no sorry sorry march 10th sunday march 10th uh 10:30 a.m at the review stage on granville island that's the um, images and poetry, and then we are seven thirty yeah. to nine thirty review stage Granville Island same night March tenth, and that is um, Black Voices Raised. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she has another one too. Yeah, and then I will be at Poetry in Jammond, which is on March fifteenth at seven thirty p.m. It's not about canning. It's about enjambment. <laughs> yes, I don't think it's about canning. Yeah. Canning jam, I meant. Is <laughs> Definitely Sorry, not. Bad, as I know, bad Definitely as not. I thought I'd try. I, I think actually in the title it says EM and then in brackets jam. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. and then the, so, and so, so maybe. So you're you're, you're okay. touching on something. Yeah, <laughs> it could be jam at all. I should probably clarify if I show up without jam. Yeah, yeah. I might be in the wrong zone. <laughs> I should make sure. Cool. And so and if people want to get in touch with you and you want them to get in contact with you uh do you want to share some uh social media uh contact i don't know instagram Chantel gibson artist mm-hmm. uh, yeah i'm on instagram cicely blaine consulting uh, my website is cicelyblaineconsulting.com and we actually have um a series of unlearning anti-blackness workshops coming up which i think is cool for any folks who maybe come to Black Voices Race and they want to know more about how to support black folks in Vancouver would be mm-hmm. a good thing to check out. Is, yeah, has Black Lives Matter got anything, go- I mean, like maybe that, but uh, anything else happening yeah, with that? Yeah, um, Black Lives Matter has a fundraiser on March 8th um, at the Clubhouse um, on East 1st, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so that's just a fundraiser for BLM and also some of the proceeds will be going to um, Unistot and Land Defenders as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, anything else? I don't know. That's that's pretty much. We're pretty much out of time. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to say or no. Just thanks. It's yeah, been thanks a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Sweet. Yes. Thank it's very you. Great to meet you both and have you on the show. Thank you. Great. Thank anything you. Anything else? Uh, tonight at the Vancouver Public Library is a reading of um, Refuse. 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 Um, so Shazia Afiz Ramji will be reading along with Eric Thorkelson and Hannah McGregor and others. That's tonight at seven o'clock at the VPL. And then tomorrow night, uh, Twisted Poets will be featuring Ellie Crowd. Gardner and um, Rob Taylor and Bonnie Nish. Yes, and I think Ellie's reading from their new book, Trauma Head. Yeah, which is uh, pretty yeah. fascinating. So there's, there's kind of a theme, like brain, brain, like your, your brain. Oh yeah, and, and Bonnie's what got the to con- your brain. Bonnie's concussion. got the concussion stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Vancouver Poetry Slam has an event this coming Monday. I do not know who the feature is, but uh, if you want to perform, the sign-ups at eight o'clock, and the show gets going at nine, and that is at Cafe de Soleil. Uh, oh, yes, and if you're just tuning in for whatever reason and you missed out this, you can check out our archives at coopradio.org and get a chance to listen to Chantel and Sicily uh, once again. And it'll be also up as a free podcast on iTunes uh, in a month or so, and you can uh, check that out there and then as well. So there we go. Thank you so much for being Thank our you. guest Thank today. You. So glad Thanks to have so much. you. Thank you. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Kevin Spenst. No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what? So what?